Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Paul Douglas back with you. Jordana down at the Mayo Clinic here in Spirit. Hope you're doing okay. Nice twins win. We'll take a win when we can get a win. And with us, uh, and we're going to be talking about twins. We're going to be talking about the Wolves, of course. Uh, Game number three in the playoffs in Minneapolis Target Center this evening, and Mike Max is all over that. He's joining us from the Target Center Skyway Studio. Hey, Maxie. Hey, Paul. How are you? Doing okay. How are you uh, doing down there? Good. I'm feeling it, man. The, the people are showing up. They got Wolves jerseys on. I was just standing there, and you forget this, but, you know, players got to come into this building, too. Some of them probably live downtown, etc. and... Uh, Malik Beasley just came walking by the Skyway Studio here on his way to the game, and uh, you know fans were doing a double take like, doesn't he have a game coming up here in about an hour, an hour and a half? But uh, obviously he's got to enter the arena some way too, and uh, and he did, and uh, it's you know you can just feel it. It's festive. It's nice outside, so there's more people mulling around yep. uh, in downtown Minneapolis than would normally be the case, and it's a 6:30 tip-off, so people are getting here a little bit earlier than they normally would be the case, and now they're starting to gather in the Skyway because I think it's an hour before the game that they allow people to go into the game, uh, into the arena, and so you know those that are excited are here just waiting for them to open up the uh, doors, show their tickets, and go in. Boy, the traffic getting downtown was really rough, and I think a lot of that traffic is for the Wolves game. Um, I just wanted to bring that up because I know you like to talk about traffic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's so much construction going on now, right now in downtown. Are they building stuff. a subway downtown? Uh, on, I, on they must be. <laughs> is that what that <laughs> over, is? Over on LaSalle and 12th and all Ooh. those areas. If you don't know where you're going, folks, the yeah. easiest thing to tell people to do is if they're coming from the west, go 394 and just get, get on the ramp that connects you to Target Center. And and then just walk the Skyway over to it. And, and, and the yeah. same if you're coming from the north. Uh, you just have to drive through the streets a little bit to get here. But uh, that's the easiest, best, most efficient, safest way that you can enter Target Center. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, before we get back to the Wolves, let's talk about the Twins. Nice to have Byron Buxton back, huh? Yeah, Buxton comes back. He had just one hit, and uh, uh, I mean, their their offense has been anemic at best in this series. But they manufactured one run, only one run today. 
and they still won the game. Uh, it was a one nothing masterpiece by their pitching staff. Joe Ryan uh, was outstanding again. And so he's pitched three games now. He struggled in the first inning of the, the opener against Seattle. He didn't have his great control that day. Uh, but he came back and threw a great game last week against Boston and beat them. Then came back today and, and was lights out. He was really good for seven innings. They uh, turned it over. Emilio Pagan came in at the end. He's the the relief pitcher that they picked up in the Taylor Rogers trade. Uh, he walked the first hitter, and it was only one to nothing. You go, oh no! They got him to second base. You go, oh no! Uh, but he shut the door, and the Twins find a way to win the third game of the series. And yes, Byron Buxton comes back, so they'll have him when they come back home to play the uh, uh, White Sox tomorrow. So that, that, that's a good sign. But yeah, they really are struggling hitting the baseball, man. They, they, I don't think they've had uh, an extra base hit for like three games or something. Or two games, I can't remember what it is, but I think in these last two games, I think they only had singles too. So it's been a real rough ride. The fact that they could get one win out of this when they only scored one run today uh, is uh, is pretty remarkable. So what are they now? Five, five and eight. I five and notice. eight or five, five and, and seven, yeah. I can't remember, but right in that range. But is it unusual that all the bats go silent simultaneously? I mean, shouldn't somebody be having a good game? It's really not that unusual that, you know, I know hitting is an individual thing, and but it's amazing how contagious it is uh, for a number of different reasons. Number one, when you start hitting a particular pitcher, you create self-doubt in his mind. Number two, he's pitching out of the stretch. He's watching base runners. He's doing all those things, thinking, well, I don't want to get beat here. Uh, so you put a lot of pressure on the defense. And in addition to that, if the guys in front of you are hitting, you tend to relax and get more confidence and say, if they can do it, I can do it. And, th- and that when you hear that saying, hitting is contagious, that's really what that means. Is mm. You need to, you know, the guys in front of you start hitting or the guys around you start hitting and you say, oh, well, my gosh, I'm a better hitter than him. I should be able to do this too. And I know that sounds like it's a simplified version of, but that is true at Little League to the Big League level. Uh, hitting is contagious and, and when you start believing you can hit and you start putting pressure on that them, so they start feeling it. It's it changes everything, and the Twins have not done that this year, save a couple of games that uh, uh, you know they've had a couple of games where they, I think they put eight spots up, and, and and that is about it. They just have had way too many uh, bad at bats. Carlos Correa is struggling. Miguel Sano has been in an awful slump to start. Uh, the list goes on and on. So you know it's. Uh, <laughs> Uh, they they got to fix that, and, and the only way they can fix it is to start getting hits. And I know that sounds simple, but once you do, uh, the, the the rest of the players will relax and it will follow. But that, especially that top of the order has to do something, uh, and you got to have some guys up around three hundred there to to you know get the jump start this thing. Maxie, everybody's a Monday morning quarterback, or maybe a Monday afternoon designated hitter, but uh, it's a little early to be uh, paranoid, right? Oh yeah, I mean in nineteen ninety one, Twins started the season two and nine. Right. Uh, you know, the famous story is that, you know, they picked up Jack Morris in the offseason. Uh, they had a young rookie. They didn't know what they had in, in Chuck Knobloch, and they'd gone out and got Chili Davis. Uh, they, they were coming off a bad season. So, so in, in 1991, they're coming off a bad season in 1990. Uh, they had made these moves. They weren't quite sure how they'd pan off. Uh, and then they start two and nine. And, you know, Tom Kelly tells the story that uh, Andy McPhail calls him into the office and says, we're in trouble here. <laughs> you know, yeah. like you and I are in trouble here too if this thing doesn't get turned around. And they went on a roll and it finally ended. I can't remember the number of games they won in that win streak before Baltimore ended the win streak. It's, um, it's in the movie A Few Good Men that final, when, when they finally, uh, 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 the Baltimore beats them and their, and their win streak is over. Uh, but th- they went on a roll and, and, and they never got off it. They became really good by the All-Star break and, uh, it, Scott Erickson picked up and then, then he 
he got injured a little bit, and the rest of the pitching staff picked it up, and, and they gelled. And obviously, you know, the rest is history, as they say. But that was uh, that was a case when it looked like, you know, or at this time of the year, you said, oh. Because you got to remember that was following eighty nine and ninety when they had yep. had bad seasons too, so you were pretty sure this was the downward spiral, and then it all changed. I remember that year we yep. went we went to the series. Yeah, but Brian Harper, you didn't know he yep. was kind of an unknown catcher, and you know you knew what you had in Gagney and Herbeck and 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 Puckett and Gladden and you know some of that. Shane Mack ended up having a banner year that year, but that, that's you know there's no gear. I'm not I'm not saying that that's going to happen with this Twins team, uh, but I'm saying that that and they and they had the ace, they had Blackjack, and 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 that's pretty special when you got that guy every five days. That's a a real shutdown kind of a competitor, but uh, you know they're not that much better than this team that we're talking about today. So back to the Wolves. Game two was a a reality check uh, with the Grizzlies. Um, There is a home court advantage, is there not? Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, maybe Memphis would say no because they lost the first game there. But um, uh, I find the home court advantage is somewhat proportionate to the team you're playing and how many uh, road games they've they've won over the years in the playoffs. Now, Memphis is deep into the playoffs. It's not like they've got some storied history here. Uh, I, I find that the teams that are really experienced can walk into any arena and, and, and uh, tune them out, tune the uh, uh, the crowd out and make it less of a factor. Uh, I, I think Memphis is a little bit vulnerable for that. You know, they, 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 they don't have a lot of seasoned vets there and grizzled people that have been gone the distance or anything like that. So I do think they're a little bit vulnerable to uh, a hostile environment, a new environment. And, and if the Wolves are going to get, get one, tonight's the one to get me. Uh, the other thing that you look at is, you know, Memphis made some some uh, some pretty big adjustments between games one and oh, game yeah. two, uh, not to get technical, but with the way they were switching on defense and uh, some of the energy they came out with their post play, how they how they went after Carl Anthony Towns. But they were pretty significant by basketball standards, you know, what they did. And so now the, the Wolves have digested that tape for two days and they have to decide how they're going to counterpunch that. And um that becomes a real interesting chess game. My my guess is you're going to see Carl Anthony Towns featured a lot early in this game because they want him to be a dominant figure. I don't think you have to do it as much with Anthony Edwards because he's capable of you know, making five shots in a row any time during the game. I don't think he has to get off to a good start in particular to, to be effective. But I think with Towns, you want him involved and you want him to feel involved and you want him to figure out how is it they're trying to play him tonight. So. I would guess that you'll see that a lot. You'll see the ball go through him a lot early in the game. There was some frustration with the game, too, with double-teaming Cat, right? I mean... Yeah, yeah, and, 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 you know, that's what they're going to... You know, obviously, if it works, uh, you'll go back to it. And, uh, you know, the, the, the... uh, Memphis is a pretty well-built team. You know, they're not allowed to drop off. They have a, a good rotation of players. Tyus Jones, uh, we'll talk to his high school coach, Zach Goring, who now has three high school players in the, that he coached in the NBA, all of them in the postseason this year. Uh, but you know, Tyus Jones comes off the bench. They've got some people there. Dylan Brooks came back as a starter for the series. He's a good player. He's a nice player. John Morant is what makes it all happen on offense because the other thing that they did to the Timberwolves, uh, the other night was they attacked them and, and they went right at them in the, in the paint, and, and Morant did that. He's not the biggest, but he made them defend him and tried to uh, give his teammates more space and create some fouls. And so uh, they're going to do that again. They're going to try to isolate Morant and make the make the Timberwolves chase him all over the floor. And and, and that is a tall order, uh, but you do know there's no question that's their game plan. Maxi, question: If you were Coach Finch, how would you keep the Wolves focused? There's all this energy and enthusiasm. 
I mean, even rowdiness on the court. Um, but I've noticed, and others have pointed this out, there's a lot of, you know, complaining, second-guessing about poor calls, you know, lackluster officiating, and, and that can be defocusing and ultimately defeating, right? If, if you're fixated on what just happened instead of focusing on the next play. Yeah, it can be. And, and the real question there is, is a player-by-player thing. And what I mean by that is some players are very strategic and smart. And so when the complaining starts, they know they're not going to get that call. But they want the next, the next call, or they want right. that call in the second half. And if they're really smart, they start to do those things. That, you know, it, it, but but they, they know when to do it. If you just complain to complain every time, and that's what Carl Anthony Towns got the, you know, the bad rap on him, mm-hmm. uh, then you've got problems. And uh, you, you become just a complainer. But if it's some, there, there can be, and I think Patrick Beverly does this. He sets the stage with the opponents, and he mouths off to them at different times, and he picks different people. But I, I think it's all strategic. He, he's looking. Uh, he wants to get in their uh, get in their uh, um, uh, kitchen, as they say, and and get inside their head a little bit <laughs> uh, because he's trying to do something in the second half that it might not have anything to do right. with the first half. It's hard. It, it's hard unless you really know the players, the personalities, up to discern the two. But some of it. There's a real purpose to, and some of it is just whining and crying, and that doesn't do you any good. Yeah, yeah, the refs are pretty much onto that, right? But you can. Oh, these guys, you know, these NBA refs are, you know, I mean, they've seen it all. You you yeah. work like they have for as many times, and they've got this ongoing communication. And there's so many unwritten rules and codes in the NBA uh, about, you know, uh, the way they're going to call a game and what to expect and all those things. Uh, there's there's not a lot of room. Uh, for, you're not guessing a lot. In general, you look at the referees, you know who the referees are because they've had you multiple times in your career and during the season, and you know how they're going to call a game, and if you don't know, you'll figure it out in the first three minutes. So, Maxie, next hour, uh, you've got Zach Goring at yeah. 5 T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 18, you're going to be joining us live. And then at 533, you've got Wolves President Ethan Casson. Yeah, what, about, about 540, he'll stop by. 540-ish, okay. What, okay. what are you going to ask him? Uh, um, <laughs> we're going to talk to him about how, how do you cash in on this. You know, you've got this unbelievable uh, um, you know, crowd and energy and all that goes with it. And... and uh, you know, what can you do? Hang on one second here. Uh-oh. Sasha, could you give us a minute quick? <laughs> Maxie, be spontaneous. Be in the moment. One quick question. Just one quick question. Sasha Gupta is the general manager. Sasha was walking by the Skyway, and he forgot he was going to get in my web. Give us one key tonight for fans to watch. You know, it's just going to be energy. Both teams play really hard, uh, and that way we really mirror each other. And uh, we're excited, you know, to steal one in Memphis. We've got home court back, and this crowd here is going to get us energized for sure. Enjoy the night. I promised you just one question. <laughs> Sasha Gupta, the acting general manager of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, now the referees are walking by. Uh, this is kind of fun. <laughs> here you see, I've seen players walk by. I might have even seen Gerson Rosas, the former general manager of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, there's a lot going on out here, and Sasha didn't know that he had fallen into my web, but that's an old trick that Sid Hartman taught me years ago. Uh, I, Tell him you're live on the air, and they'll feel like they have no choice. He would be proud of you. Good yes. move. Good good catch. Maxie, what do you expect to see tonight? Uh, third quarter was pretty rough last game, right? That's when the hammer came down from the Grizzlies. What yeah, that's when they ran tonight? away with it. But the first yeah. quarter was more interesting. Uh, yeah. It wasn't interesting. It was ugly because they called so many fouls. Yeah. And, and getting back to my uh, what we were just talking about, the, the referees had decided that was a conscious effort, a concerted effort, that this is what they're going to do uh, to send a message to both teams as to how they're going to call the game. And it was a choppy game. Now, if you're Memphis, you kind of like that because in game one, uh, the Timberwolves ran roughshod. They went on the run. They, they ran it up. It was like a pickup game in the first quarter, uh, and they got away with anything that they wanted. So if you're Memphis and you can afford to give up some fouls, you don't mind that because you want Edwards and Towns out of the flow. Right. You you want them thinking. You want them going, this isn't going to be easy tonight. They're going to keep grabbing me and hacking me and all these things. You want that. And so Memphis kind of got that in the, in the first quarter, and then as we were just talking about, now in the third quarter, they busted open, right? They got these guys kind of out of sorts. They're, they're not making the right reads. They're not doing the right things. And then they go on one of their famous grizzly runs. You think Cat will foul out tonight? Or? No, I don't. I think he's. He, I think he has become um, savvy uh, by uh, NBA playoff standards over the last three games. I think he's figured out... Uh, that he is, he is the star. He needs to be on the floor. And there are certain things that he can and can't do. And I think he's had a three game tutorial in that. And, and I don't think, you know, um, if he gets in foul trouble, it'll be because there's cheap fouls. It won't be because he makes bad decisions. Let me put it that way, because he knows now what they're looking for from him. Every once in a while, you can get caught in ticky tack situations where you barely touch a guy or they yeah. make the wrong call. That could happen to him. But I, I don't think that, that, that he'll end up sitting. Sometimes I love the Academy Award acting. <laughs> the acting is precious. But uh, you never know. All you have to do is convince one ref.
Maxie, uh, we're out of here at 56. We're going to be back with you at uh, 518. I know you got to do TV as well, but uh, we're so glad to have you at the uh, Target Center. And I got to tell you, studio. it is buzzing out here. Is it's it? fun, Paul, so don't thank me. This is fun. Yeah, well, hey, yeah. you get paid to do something fun. That's-, <laughs> That's right. That ain't a bad way to go That's through a- life. That's a good gig. Mike Max, we'll catch you in a few minutes. And we'll be right back on CCO. Paul Douglas back with you. Savoring Wolves fever. Mike Max is going to be joining us, rejoining us from the Skyway studio at Target Center in just a few minutes. He has some guests lined up. And the great thing about Maxie, he he has no fear. Uh, he's spontaneous. If he sees somebody walking by, he's got a long hook, apparently. And he will hook them and, and pull them into the studio. <laughs> I think it's a little rude, but he gets results. Um, anyway, we're glad you can join us. Big game, game number three. And, uh, DJ, when is the last time the Wolves played in a playoff game in Minneapolis? It's, what, four years ago? Yeah, they were they were last in the playoffs in the 17-18 season. And the uh, last time they played at home was on April 23rd of 2018. And Which last is, time they won. And the last time they won, get this, was exactly four years ago today. On April 21st of 2018, they had a 121-105 win against the Houston Rockets. And that game, four years ago today at Target Center, um, was the only win the Wolves had between the last one they had. You have to go back to 20, uh, uh, 2004 when they had their long playoff run and got beat by the Lakers. So there's a long drought all the way, a 14-year drought, and then they won that Singleton game four years ago today uh, and Uh. lost the other four to the Rockets. So it's not been a good couple of decades, um, nearly a couple of decades for the Wolves, but they got that one win four years ago and then obviously a win last week, and we're hoping for another tonight. So better times to come for the Wolves. Yeah, I think the energy is different. There's a buzz, and hopefully they can pull it all together and not get distracted with bad officiating, bad calls, not foul out. Um, But anyway, um, and I'm I'm excited that JP, I don't know if you noticed, his traffic reports are getting longer. Oh, yeah, he went, you know, 10, 12 minutes on the last one, I think. Well, (laughs) we had to cut him off. There's actually... Traffic. Yeah, did you hit traffic on the way in today? I did. Driving east on 394, it was stopped. I mean, it was as bad as I've seen it, and it actually made me happy. I was, I was the, sure. Never thought you'd be happy about traffic. I'm almost giddy because it's yeah. it's a good sign. I mean, yeah. people are coming yeah. downtown, you know, whether it's for the game, for whatever. But um, I, I'm encouraged. Yeah. And there's, there's a buzz downtown. Mm-hmm. I think some of it's the nice weather. Some yeah. of it's the Wolves playoff game. But maybe I'm imagining it. Maybe it's my medication. My meds have just been adjusted. But it sure seems like I, I think this is part of the healing process. Yeah, I think so, too. And, you know, we talk a lot about downtown Minneapolis and St. Paul, for that matter, and what it's going to take for uh, these areas to bounce back and to get a buzz and to get fans back down. And I think a playoff run by any of our teams, but the Wolves are the ones that are doing it right now, a, a, a playoff run, another win or two, maybe advancing around, is going to go a long ways towards revitalizing our downtowns. I used to walk out onto 2nd Street here for a long time, for months and months during the pandemic, yeah. and I would barely even look back and forth. 
because you traffic. Yeah, because you could just walk right. It didn't matter if it was red or green or walks in. I I wouldn't even walk the 30 feet to the crosswalk. I just walk right across the street because there's nobody downtown. It's a ghost town. And that's at six o'clock. That's after the show here. Um, And it's changed a lot. And today I had to run back to get something for my car and I had to wait a minute for the light to change, which is like almost weird because I've gotten used to not having to do that. So, uh, again, it's a, you know, a slight annoyance for you in traffic and me waiting for the light, but it's good news, right? For downtown Minneapolis as the wolves are doing well and people are downtown and employees are returning and, uh, the buzz is starting to come back. And I'm looking at the GFS extended outlook. Okay. Which shows fairly consistent 50s and 60s okay. through the first week of May. So no heat spikes. We're not going to be whining about the heat and humidity anytime soon. But, man, I'd just be happy to see 50s and 60s. And I think most Minnesotans feel the same way. You're, are you still heading up skiing this, this weekend? Yeah. Uh, I, I think so. I was going to ask you about that. Is it going to be raining in the, in the North Shore on well, Saturday the, afternoon? Yeah. It, it, the the snow will be a little slushy and mushy. Yeah. Are you really going to let that slow you down? Come I mean, on. if it's a total washout, I might think twice. But at the moment, we're still planning on going. I think you should go. Okay. Just for boasting. Okay. Rates. You want to come with? Uh, actually, I'm I'm emceeing the Union Gospel <laughs> Mission oh, okay. Gala. In Brooklyn Center on Saturday. Oh, that's right in my stomping grounds. To raise money for... I I thought I'd just stop by for a beer. Sure, sure. Sounds great. I'll be back at... uh, Will you give me your address? (laughs) No. Uh, Yeah, right now. You got a pen? (laughs) Okay. Oh, man. Hey, it's uh, a Wolves playoff downtown. All the events move to downtown Minneapolis now, the next two games, and then it's 1-1-1, and right? If if it goes that far, and hopefully it will, I think it's, yeah, it's 2-2, yep, and then 1-1-1. Yeah. Yes, game five back in Memphis, and then six right. if if it goes that far would be here, and then seven back in Memphis. When it correct. goes that far. Come on, DJ. Well, they could, the Wolves could win three straight. They could. Not send it to a game six. They That's could. possible. They could. <laughs> They could. I like your optimism. Let's see if Mike Mack shares that optimism. He has some guests lined up from our Skyway studio at Target Center. Maxie, up next. Maxie Sports, brought to you by the John Schuster Group at Caldwell Banker Real Estate. And the one and only Mike Max is at the Target Center Skyway studio for CCO Radio. Maxie, uh, welcome back. Yeah, it's, yeah, I tell you, you can hear it a little bit. Let me just see if I can yeah. open the door and you can get a taste of the ambiance here. Nice. I'm dancing. Is that what you I'm waving doing? the victory towel. Thought you were having a seizure. Howl! <laughs> you getting into it? Yeah, I was about ready to do the wolves howl there. But it picks up every minute here as people continue to come through, and I'm seeing a lot of familiar faces here. You know, one of the one of the people that knows uh, uh, one of the players, and actually three players in the NBA that he coached in high school, uh, is Zach Goring. He was at Apple Valley High School when he coached uh, Tyus Jones, now with the Memphis Grizzlies, Trey Jones with San Antonio, and Gary Trent Jr., who's playing in the uh, playoffs with the uh, Toronto Raptors right now. And it, it was a glorious time uh, for Minnesota basketball and Apple Valley's run at that point in time as, as all three of those uh, players came through. And he joins us now. Zach, how are you doing? Very good. Very good. How are you doing? Good. What, what's it like when you watch Tyus play in the NBA now? Oh, it's so fun. Um, watching Tyus and Trey and uh, Jr. as well, I don't, you, you kind of sit there and just say, wow, I I was able to be around these kids when they were 
you know, going through their middle school years and then up through the high school. And, you know, you, you kind of um, were able to watch their progressions and the things that they were able to improve upon from year to year and then take it to Duke and then take it another step to the NBA and, and then, you know, being able to stick in the NBA, um, which, you know, all three of them are, are doing and are going to be able to do in the future, which is, it's been a lot of fun. Some nights you just uh, sit down and, and turn on NBA TV and you can watch all of them play and, you know, enjoy it that way. Paul? Hey, I, I'm just curious, um, Zach, do they give you credit for their success? Huh? I, I, you know, I get asked about all three of them quite a bit, and I, and I always say, you know, it's so funny. When they got to high school, they couldn't even dribble and just kind of crack a smile. But that, that's certainly not the case. They were uh, very well prepared, and I think a lot of credit goes to uh, – Tyus and Trey's older brother, J.D., who was a part of my staff and um, is now doing a lot of training in the cities and um, doing really well. And then uh, for J.R., his dad, Gary um, Sr., very instrumental in his career, too. So those boys were ready to go when they arrived at Apple Valley. And, you know, we were just able to sit back and watch them and enjoy. Well, and and Maxie, and maybe you can both chime in. I'm I'm curious the whole nature versus nurture <laughs> argument. <laughs> <Me too. laughs> How much of this are you born with versus you know, yeah. some percentage great coaching. I'm I'm always curious yeah. how that works out and why the superstars rise. And and it, again, are you born with it? Is it coaching or is it both? Yeah. Well, I, I would say very, very little of it is coaching, at least at the high school level. Uh, from our end, you know, we just kept them organized. Um, I, I think JD, like I said before, played a big role in this. And, you know, it's not like those guys just showed up at 2.30 for practice each day. You know, many, many days they were in at 6 o'clock to get an hour and a half uh, shooting in or a, a weight room workout and stay late and then maybe head up to Lifetime or the Apple Valley Community Center at night to, you know, continue to to develop that way so you know everyone practices high school basketball november december january february march for two hours a day it's those that are working you know four hours six hours you know like tyus and trey and and jr are the ones that are making the big big jump and that's not to say you know other kids aren't putting that time in either um but it you know who wants it more? Three, it obviously worked out, and yeah, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Zach Goring is our guest, former Apple Valley coach, coached uh, Tyus Jones playing in this series, and two others that are in the NBA as well. Very few high school coaches get to say that, let alone have three in the NBA at the uh, uh, at the same time. But right now, he does. When you watch Tyus play for Memphis and John Morant, and you know, part of it is you, know, you when you watch him go out on the court now not that he didn't have this with the Timberwolves but not to this extent he knows exactly who he is what his role is and, and where he fits in the scheme of things doesn't he for sure and that's probably his strongest characteristic is his understanding of the game it's always been you know elite level and it's so fun to watch him play and you know as a coach you, you kind of sit back and say well you know do this jump to the ball are you in help side I mean, he checks the box constantly 
offensively and defensively. Um, you know, I tell a lot of young guards that I see, the two guys that I've seen in high school basketball that will catch an outlet pass, you know, and not even dribble and then pitch it ahead are Tyus and Trey. You know, you rarely see that. And, you know, many times Tyus will catch an outlet with the Grizzlies, not even dribble, pitch it ahead to Morant or um, Bain or some of their other uh, players and just put it right on the money where they can have success. And, you know, he just fits in so well. And, and when Morant was out, you know, Tyus got to, got to start, and I think they were 18-2 and two or something. They went on a yeah, crazy run. Yeah, it was unbelievable, run. yeah. 11-0, and and, yeah. you know, Tyus's contract's up here at the end of the year, <laughs> and that'll be interesting to see if he ends up, you know, going back to Memphis, probably in a backup role, or, you know, I think he's a, a starting point guard in the NBA potentially on some team. So that'll be uh, interesting here this summer. And, um, you know, Trey will continue to develop with uh, the Spurs. You know, he's had a a great opportunity. And they've kind of moved some pieces around to give Trey more playing time, traded away a couple of guys. So I think he's got a big future there. And um, JR up with Toronto is – um, same thing. He's off to a yeah. A great Fifty-four start million dollar career. contract tells you what they think yep. of him. You know, he's he's doing all right. Yeah, Zach Goring is our guest. By the way, this is kind of the fun pageantry out here at uh, at uh, Target Center in the Skyway. Just now, with security guards surrounding him, Anthony Edwards came walking through the Skyway. Uh, across the street from here is their practice facility, and it's obvious that he was over there, must have been getting up a lot of shots because he was sweating pretty good. And he comes walking across here, and he's got a towel on head with security surrounding him, and the fans are yelling at him, and all the stuff that goes with the ambiance of uh uh, of the playoffs is kind of fun. Now, now I got to ask you though, because all three of those guys not only played for you, they played for another head coach as well. His name is Mike Shashevsky. All three went to Duke, Correct. and and Mike Shashevsky yep. just played his final season. And of course, you got to know him well as he recruited each one of those three. Uh, as you watched him in his final season, what thoughts came to mind? Because you got a chance to spend quite a bit of time with him. Yeah, uh, I did, and I, I bet I was in probably you know seven or eight meetings just with him, you know, recruiting all three of them. So that was really neat. He was, you know, one of the very, very few guys that, you know, your jaw kind of drops and you're like, wow, (laughs) he's in our gym and he's looking at our players and we potentially could have some kids that go to Duke and play. And, I mean, he's, uh, you kind of sit there and you listen and you're like, he's really something. You know, the way he can connect with kids and, um you know, his sales pitch to these guys was, was very high level. A lot of like USA basketball talk and, you know, we compare you to this player and that player. And, um, you know, I think he had all three of them pretty early just at an opportunity to go to Duke. And, um, I got to know John Shire as well through this and, and I think he'll do a great job for them too. And, um, you know they're they're the best of the best uh, as far as a basketball program and recruiting and um, you know they certainly did that with the players we had at Apple Valley and um, John Shire will continue to do so so um, it's too bad Coach K wasn't able to to close it out with a, a championship but they had a great run getting to the Final Four in his last year. Mm. Fun. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, 
better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Stuff, Zach, we appreciate your time very much tonight. Yeah, thank you, Zach. Yep, that was fun. Thanks, thanks Enjoy guys. the game tonight, Zach. Okay, very good. See, we'll see ya. See ya, Zach. See, he's a classy guy too, Paul. As you could tell, getting to know him over the years when he was at Apple Valley and had all that success, yeah. and uh, you know the the other coaches that uh, he's been around will speak highly of Zach as well. You know, if I had had Zach as a as a coach, who knows, man? Because you saw what happened with those three guys. You know, I'd, I'd be playing for the Lakers right now. Maybe yeah. not. <laughs> um, I, maybe, maybe Clippers. <laughs> the Clippers. <laughs> I'd be. I'd be polishing the bench for the for the Clippers, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, though, I mean, basketball is is a microcosm of of life and business, and who wants it more? And yeah, there's a certain element of luck, there's a certain element of timing, but it's the people you come in contact with, right? Your your network and your innate God given skills, and then at the end of the day, it's muscle memory. I mean, I think of Tiger Woods. I think of MJ. They just wanted it more, and they put in the time. They invested the time. They gave up time. They could have spent doing other stuff to become the best. Yeah, that's part of it. And and i got to say, because I've watched a lot of the AAU circuit as you watch these kids come along, and, and, and for most of them, there is a gene that the rest of us are not given that you can't explain. That they, yeah. in, in generally speaking, it is they can explode whenever they want, and, and, and they can get someplace quicker than anybody else can. And then if they get tall and they've got that, they're really something special. And I see that you know kind of replayed time and time again. But the other great thing about basketball, Paul, is that it is um, a meritocracy at its best. I mean, it really doesn't matter where you grew up, mm-hmm. you didn't have to have a lot of money to train in the sport, uh, you, you, and you could come from another, you, you, you're invited in from all over the world if you can play, if you're from Europe, if you're from Russia, we'll take you in here, if you can play basketball, uh, they will find a spot for you, and inside the borders of the United States, soccer might be the other comparable, but it just doesn't take that much money uh, if you have the will and the want and the desire to get to be good at it, and and on these summer circuits and these places where Tyus Jones and Trey Jones and Gary Trent Jr. cut their teeth, uh, they are looking out for those kids too, and they're making sure that they get opportunities if they want them and if they can play, and they're making it uh, uh, relatively very inexpensive for them to do so, and and that's a thing that I think that that. Um, some people may relate to better than others, but it, it, it's it's a great sport when it doesn't matter your socioeconomic background and you can still get great training and be good. And that's not all sports. Yeah, yeah. Well said. It is the uh, the definition of the American dream. Yep. Maxie, thank you. And uh, man, I was I wish I was down there with you. Thank oh, you. Oh, maybe it's it's happening here. Let me open the door again. Let's okay. see what's coming out what's here. It, what's this sound like? Hey, hey, scream out! I am Mike Max. Douglas, Douglas, Douglas. Oh, they know you're on right now. Really? 
<laughs> Partly sunny and 56. Maxie, uh, thank you. You've got the uh, president of the Wolves coming up next. Yeah, oh. we'll, we'll bring him up here. I saw him just a little bit ago. He'll be okay. up shortly with us. and uh, Be we'll, nice to him. We'll visit with him about all this and, and, and what this does uh, for the franchise, not just tonight, uh, but next season. As they, you, know, you sell season tickets and you're looking at this yeah. as a big picture kind of thing. Absolutely. More with Mike Max from our Skyway studio as we get ready for Wolves Fever right here on your Wolves station. News Talk 830 WCCO. We'll be right back. Paul back with you. Jor has the day off. She's at the Mayo Clinic getting some testing uh getting ready for her bone marrow transplant the end of next month. And our thoughts and prayers are with Jordana. We're taking it, she's taking it one day at a time, which means we are taking it one day at a time, which is a good metaphor for life, right? I mean, at the end of the day, we're all taking it one day at a time. And Mike Max right now at the Target studio, uh, the special Skyway studio that we are very happy to have, especially on occasions like this. First playoff game in, what, four years? Yeah, since they played Houston. But when they played Houston, it was different because Houston won the first two games. So when they came back here, it was just different. It wasn't that they couldn't come back. It was just a different setting as opposed to 1-1. But we're joined by the president of the Timberwolves right now, Ethan Kazan, who's been having a ball out here because this is what he envisions and what the organization envisions. And when you see it come to fruition and we get the benefit of a nice day, Ethan, it kind of all comes together and reminds you what can be, doesn't it? it? It does all come together. And first, thanks for thanks for having me. And, uh, yeah, we've got a good vantage point here, don't we? Yeah, it's un- unbelievable. It's funny. Uh, Anthony Edwards just walked by yeah. after coming over from yeah. training. Oh, and say hello to the fans I've seen, before yeah. went down and uh, That was a, an unusual uh, him. But, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a special night uh, listening to you guys talk about the last time Three home games, by the way. This will be our third home game in 18 years, not counting the play-in. Um, so third, start, home, third, third home playoff game in 18, in 18 years. 18 yeah. years. So when you say the word special, I, I, I'd, like to, I'd like to put those in capital, capital letters. What was it like? You were in Memphis for the first two games. I mean, you, you, you watch two things, obviously. You, you watch the game, as everybody does, the games. Uh, but you're also watching, you know, how do they go about their business? What's the arena like? What's the in-house like? All those things. What, what was that time in Memphis like for you? Yeah, it, it, first, you know, as a as a team that hasn't been there um, and hasn't experienced an environment quite like that, and uh, and those watching at home, I think, could could tell pretty quickly, right, that that Memphis crowd was into it. They, they, they mean business. They, yep. mean, they mean business, and they recognize what a great team they have, and they recognize what a great player they have. And I'm just so proud of our, our guys and, and, and Coach Finch and his staff for – uh, not letting anything from the play-in game and the emotion. And you and I actually connected before the, the yeah. play-in game and, yep. and had a nice conversation around, yeah. <laughs> around the what-ifs. The what-if scenario, man. And it was, you know, and if it would have played out and they had to play again, you get in a home game, right. then you'd have to play. I mean, there were a lot of what-ifs that night. There were a lot of what-ifs, and, and the outcome uh, went to the good guys that night, and uh, we celebrated for a second or two. But for our guys to come out in game one ready, I actually think that playing game really helped us. I do too, and I think they they wanted to set the tone and the pace right right from the from the jump, and they did. And I think that caught the Grizzlies off guard. Yeah. I think they caught the fans off guard. Yeah. There were moments where it was very kind of like a hush kind of came over the crowd. Now I will tell you that hush uh, didn't last very long when you uh, when you come back to Tuesday night, and uh, that place was pretty pretty loud and pretty into it. And they recognized the urgency of that game, and they took care of business. And we certainly didn't play. Uh, at the level that we hope to play. But here we are. It's 1-1. You go to Memphis. Again, you and I were talking that night. You split 
that road series 1-1 and come back tied and have now home court advantage with uh, I'm going to make a prediction now, and I, I think you'll you'll echo this. I think tonight's crowd and Saturday night's crowd, beyond any attendance records we've ever had for a Tim Rolls game, KG era or not, and there were some great crowds. It will be, huh? It will be. It, it will be. When wow. You, when you get in there and we get these people in the building. Uh, the standing room only, the whole bit, right? The 19,000-plus, and it'll be as loud as you've ever heard a Tim Rolls game at Target Center. It will for sure. Pa- Paul, we've got Ethan Caston with us on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. How about Hey, Ethan, thank you for joining us. Uh, very excited. The The excitement is contagious right now, and everybody is a Wolves fan. I'm just curious how the buzz, the excitement of this season, is teeing up next year's season in terms of, you know, the dollars and cents, some of the business uh, aspect of, of the Wolves franchise. And obviously this tees you up for more good things in the future, right? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. And, and, uh, and, and not to get into the weeds on the inner workings of, of, of what that looks like. But, you know, for the most part inside the NBA, you know, membership renewals go out around February or March, and then you roll out a new business campaign. And so uh, if you guys can imagine what the sentiment of our team was post All-Star break, I think we have one of the best records in the NBA coming out of the All-Star break. Um, the team continued to play better. The crowds got bigger. Um, so you go out to our longstanding members with their renewals, and then you roll out a new business campaign, and all of these things are happening, and they're almost happening one game at a time, and you know, again, one fan at a time. And so we've seen some incredible early success, uh, you know, year over year. We're tracking more fans, more memberships, more interest, more corporate partners than we've than than we can remember, maybe wow. in the history of the company. There's a lot more work to do. We we also recognize that there's a there's a, an honesty component to this, which is we, we've got a long way to go, right? The goal wasn't to get into the postseason and compete. The goal was to begin to set a narrative that's consistent, that builds continuity with our front office. The extension of Coach Finch and his staff uh, prior to the plan w- was purposeful uh, to showcase to everybody that this is, in fact, the, the, our, our team, uh, our company, and we want fans to, to recognize there's going to be some sustainability and some consistency in and around that. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, when you've got a big three to build around, that helps, too, because you've got some branding now that's going on in the form of Edwards and Towns and Russell and uh, et cetera that, that, uh, that, that people recognize. But I've always thought, too, Ethan and, and, and Paul, that um, the, uh, the 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 fan base never went away. No. It's just that they were waiting for a reason to come out. But yeah. people love basketball and people Love great basketball, and, and Ethan, I, I don't. You, you're, sometimes you're fishing in the lake, and you go, "How can I not catch any fish?" Because I know there's a bunch of fish in this lake. And you go, "Maybe there's no fish in this lake." Then all of a sudden, you find, "Oh no, there's plenty of fish. I just need the right bait." And right now, you've got the right lure. Yeah, there's plenty of fish, and they're yeah. all they're all wearing Timberwolves jerseys. They are tonight, aren't they? Isn't that good to see? <laughs> and, That's good. That uh, and you know, good. those are there's those indicators, right? You know, what is your television audience and ratings on television, right? And what does your fan base look like in attendance? Those are the things in our in our worlds that we measure. Um, one thing you really can't measure is walking down the street, right, and seeing Timberwolves gear. Uh, right. Walking into an arena and seeing throwbacks, you know, from the, the, the very first uh, inaugural season. Oh, I, I saw Gugliata. Right, right, I saw right, Pooh so, Richardson jersey. Yeah. I've seen some things tonight that I haven't seen for a while. Been a while. And then all the City Edition things that we've done. So, you know, it's a collage of our history. Uh, in real time, and that's such a neat thing, uh, certainly from my seat, but from anyone's seat, and certainly our fans that have been most patient that you said you're right. They kind of, they, they knew. 
They right? knew what was going on. They right. knew who was on the team, you yeah. know. But uh, but but it was going to take something like this, and I and you know not to make this bigger than basketball because because uh, um, because we're excited about the fact that basketball has brought people back together indoors. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, coming out of a pandemic. Uh, you know, a, a lot of the things that you've covered um, and talked um, and talked openly about. A lot about, of stuff in Minneapolis. A lot of yep. stuff in Minneapolis. I, I think there's an underlying theme here. There's an emotional attachment to our players and our fans and this community, and I think people are really rallying and responding to that. Yeah. Paul? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think you're right. This is part of the, uh, the healing process, the recovery process, and uh, proud that the Wolves have gotten this far, and Hopefully they're going to get it done the next couple of nights and uh, and bring this thing home. I got to ask one, just one more uh, potentially hard hitting question. It's it's hard to uh, go hungry inside Target Center, uh, and maybe you can't even play favorites. But when it comes to concessions, favorite beer, favorite food, if you had to make one pick, what would it be? Um. Yeah, that is hard hitting. So uh, <laughs> I, you didn't even give me a heads up on, on sorry. such a hard, a hard hitting. Yeah, we should. Right? Sure, yeah, that was a yeah. sucker oh, What punch. were you thinking? I, I yeah, I'm sorry. Gracious, the 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 the. Uh, you gotta have a the, ner- the nerve, Paul. To the ask nerve. You. I know. I know. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. I, you know what? I honest to God, and I and I and I mean this. Uh, you know, I don't eat. I'm not sure I've had anything to eat today, and I certainly won't be going around testing the concession stands and and. Uh, and giving uh, being the food critic, you haven't uh, eaten today. Uh, well, it, it, game day, uh, we can we can do a whole other segment okay. on, on, okay. on that if you guys think anyone's interested in uh, in, in in what I eat or don't eat. But uh, <laughs> I've got a, a nervous energy of excitement to for all the reasons that we just talked about. I will I will say again, I, I can't play favorites, but I can tell you when my family and friends uh, and wife uh, are, are attending. Um, oftentimes, you know, they're they're. They're trying to figure out the best time for a parlor burger. Um, you can't go wrong with FEMA stands. Yeah. Um, and there, and what I really appreciate, you know, Ryan Tanky, who's our chief operating officer, and the folks at Levy, uh, and our and our friend and consultant David FEMA have done. We've tried to integrate as many local brands as we possibly can throughout the building, the 200 level as well. So I, I think there's a little bit of something for everyone, and um, I would imagine a few beers will be consumed tonight and as well. If you, and, and, and if you don't, and if, if not tonight, Saturday night with that nine o'clock start, nine, 9 p.m. start. <laughs> yeah. There might now, not be any food. Alex Rodriguez obviously is you know an owner and waiting uh, part of this thing, and, and I see him from time to time talking to players. Um, it, it, does he extend himself at all uh, into hey you know just relax in the playoffs or you know a tip or two here athlete to athlete or is he pretty much a cheerleader? What, what, what is he? I think it's a little bit of both, uh, and and he's an entrepreneur. Oh, is he? <laughs> and um, and he's and he's shown you know what life after playing could look like and certainly he's one of the most successful baseball players of all time um, but what he's done with a rod corp and his career and his brand post playing might be even more impressive when this is all said and done and, and to think that he's part of an ownership group uh, along with mark laurie uh, that will be taking control of, of of or the transition in control with glenn taylor here over the next 20 months um, but he does a little bit of everything and and and, and one thing that I, I think is fascinating the obvious is what does he talk to our players about right He's been in those moments. He understands it. He understands the scrutiny of it. Um, and he's played at the highest level for some of the most intense environments for a long, long period of time and had success doing it. Um, he's incredibly curious. So um, I'll get texts at any hour of the night um, about uh, the biggest thing or the smallest thing. 
Um, he's constantly looking for knowledge around our season ticket holders, the city of Minneapolis, who are our corporate partners, how can we continue to grow the fan base, what are we doing globally, um, the, the types of technology. Walk me through what, what, what future technology and the game experience and enhancements look like um, if we could go and, 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 and build uh, different infrastructure, better infrastructure. So he's got the player component, and we'll pull guys aside every once in a while, but he's so mindful that he was that player and oftentimes wasn't interested in someone stopping yep, there, by. Yep, there's a time and a place correct, to correct. insert yourself, right? And, and sometimes, they, as you know, Ethan has uh, he has a rare skill set that he doesn't talk about very often, Paul, but he is a basketball gym rat himself originally with his father as a coach. So you huh. played a lot of basketball growing up, Ethan, and, and you could say, well, it's not the NBA, but the understanding of conceptually what you're trying to do on the court, you understand. Yep. And I've often thought when you play sports for a long time, you understand – what true disappointment feels like. Yeah. And because and, 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 we all got cut at some point in time. We all had bad experiences. And it's no different at this level. And I'm sure that you have a great appreciation for that when you watch it because you know how difficult this is. Yeah, no, I I, I was fortunate enough to play all the way through college. Yep. Uh, and uh, but recognize that that journey was going to end. Yeah, um, and, and there's some good moments along the way, but it's hard. Moments, yep. And there's some there's some life lessons that you apply to your career, and you apply maybe to your family, yep. and, and, a, and a lot of things in between. But yeah, no, Alex has been, but nothing nothing but uh, an incredible addition. Uh, more humble than you'd think, uh, again, because of his curiosity. And then you add Mark Laurie, who's his almost his, you know, they're almost opposites. And, and yet when they're together, they're, they're so complimentary, right? A serial entrepreneur, somebody that's, you know, someone like Mark, uh, and, and I don't mean taking his shoes off uh, after Tim Rolls wins, <laughs> but uh, which shows his playful side, yep. which is also, I think, missing in sports sometimes, yep. right? Maybe we take this a little too seriously. Yep. And when you see owners uh, and, and folks, fans, players, others enjoying it, and having joy in it, I, I think there's something really special about that. But with Mark, Mark's all about the vision. Are we thinking big enough? And he means sports. Like he doesn't mean like we're we thinking big enough with the size of our scoreboard. He's thinking about what is the future of the Minnesota Timberwolves organization inside of Minneapolis relative to, and then you name it. And so some of the brainstorming sessions that he's hosted with some of our leadership team around, you know, think as big as possible, and that's not big enough. That's a really interesting balance to have between the two. And then you've got Glenn Taylor. Who's one of the most you know uh, known legacy owners? One of the re- last remaining legacy type owners inside the NBA. You pull those three guys together, and there's some yeah. special things that come out of those conversations. Ethan, appreciate it very much. I know you got to get back to the task at hand, and uh, Paul, a lot of fun conversing with him out here. The Absolutely. energy is picking up. We'll let him go to. He's got a lot of people he's got to rub shoulders with tonight. But we'll finish it up. When we come back uh, from the Skyway. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.